Jesus, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are who we submit to. You are who we honor. We are who you, you are who we glorify, Lord Jesus. We stand here together in gratitude that we can stand here together. Yeah, we, we stand here together, grateful that we can stand here together. There's something beautiful when your church comes together to glorify your name. So that's what we do this morning. We glorify your name. We turn our eyes toward you. Yeah, we are grateful for who you are, Lord Jesus. Yes. So this morning, we're going to do some things a little differently. If you were here last week in our teaching, we talked about the different ways we could practice worshiping together that have been done throughout the centuries. So we're going to practice some of those this morning. Guy's going to explain more about that in a little bit. But what that means is we're going to try some different things. So this morning, we're going to start out with some call and response. So as they bring that up on the screen, when it says leader, I'll say that. And it's, when it says all, you will come and um, say it out loud with me. And then we'll sing one song as a call to worship this morning. Yeah. We gather here today to worship the one who created us, the one who calls us, the one who equips us, the one who loves us without end. With joyful hearts, let us worship God. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the
So let's just sit here in this moment. May help to close your eyes. And you could even see the face of Jesus. I'm going to see you, Jesus. Maybe you can remember a story about Jesus that's really significant to you. So we ask you to gather up our attention. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just let him relax your heart. If it could even feel like you're home now. Safe accepted in the acceptance of Jesus through his cross. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated, actually. As Brian mentioned, we're going to be doing a little bit different service today. Last week we talked about how we worship together and that we looked over Liturgy, which is our service to God in worship. Often we can get backwards on that, right? What, what it means that, you know, it's not that God's serving us when we gather together, although he has served us. Washing our feet from the cross and resurrection of Jesus. But what we do to come together is just different acts corporately. And that's called liturgy. And so we looked, we did a super fast look over four different things over 2,000 years, two different, different ways to worship Jesus. So we got this crazy idea that what about once a quarter we do something really different that looks like somebody else other than us. And some of you are like, that's awesome. Some of you are like, man, you're messing my day up. <laughs> and I get it. I get it. The idea here, though, is, is so when we are here to worship together, there's two things. Whatever it is, the acts we do, the first is to see God in his glory and then respond by giving him glory. Remember we said, so worship is embodying the glory of God, which means 2 Corinthians 3.8 says when we see Jesus, he starts to transform us. And so we embody the glory of God. And then we declare the glory of God. We say things and do things back to him in response to seeing his glory. Some of you are like, man, I, I don't know what you were doing. I never saw the glory of God. Well, then just use your memories of the glory of God. That's the point, is that we stay alert. Does that make sense? So that's kind of the reason we wanted to try different things. So if you're new to Believer's Church, this is nothing like what we usually do. Um, it's sort of like it, but not. It's gonna be, we're going to be doing some scripture reading out loud together. Um, and we're going to do a couple, couple particip- participatory things together. So I'll be, I'll, we'll be reading scriptures from what's called the Revised Common Lectionary. If you wonder what that is, it, it's a set of scriptures that thousands of churches currently use to get the church through the whole Bible in three years. And what's really good about that is you're stuck preaching with whatever they give you. And you might notice we preachers tend to like about two or three different things. 
So you'll notice some of the texts today are like, yeah, I, I didn't know that was in the Bible. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's a good sign, right? So, um, so here's what I want to invite you into. There's really no such thing as a bad worship service. There's no such thing as a bad worship service. Here's what I mean by that. Now, there might be awkward worship services. There might be unusual. Um, but a worship service, what God is longing for is to reveal himself to us. And we respond to him. You can do that anywhere. We've just, right? We're the temple of the Spirit and together collectively. So today, this is going to be about alertness. You don't know what's going to happen next, so just pay attention and look for Jesus. And then respond to him. Sound good? Even if it doesn't, we're going to do it. (laughs) Thank you, John. So we're actually going to start with some fellowship together. And we're just going to stand up. And here's things you could do in the next couple minutes. One is you could introduce yourself to someone you don't know. In fact, I really think that'd be fun. You could tell them one good thing that happened in your life this week. Or you could tell somebody something you notice about them that you like or find interesting. It's a good practice. You're like, you like those shoes? Tell them. Okay, so let's stand up and enjoy one another for a minute.
All right, fellowship time. Let's come back together. Come together right now. When the people of God come together. Get on this worship team. <laughs> Anna. Fellowship time. Can we come to an end? We're together again. Let's come back together. We're going to have some family, some family business, some more fellowship, just not during this meeting. <laughs> more fellowship at another time. <laughs> Glad you're here this morning. If some key women in your life aren't here, it's because they're on the women's retreat this morning. Um... If you're new this morning, we are, uh, our vision is Jesus. He's our all in all. And we're seeking to follow him, to be his disciples, to tell people the truth about who God is, what he's done, what that means for us. And if you want to follow Jesus, you are welcome to journey with us. Um, If you're new, we welcome you. We're following Jesus. Come join us in that endeavor. If you are new, would you go to the Connect tab and fill out the form there? Christina would love to meet you, know you, get you integrated into the discipleship life we have here. Um, Additionally, I'm going to go over some other ways of fellowship among us and discipleship, but all of that and more is on the Events tab. Uh, If you go there, you'll hear the things I'm saying and more. Is that okay? How many of you have gotten to go to the events tab in the last two weeks? <laughs> Can I share that? One of the, one of the, um, our buddies, one of the sons among us, he said his grandma was going on a cruise and she, he said, if you go to the events tab, you could probably find out what's going on. <laughs> and he was being genuine. So my um, announcements mean something to somebody. Um, let's just wait on the Lord. We have so many things going on. Let's just wait on him quick about what to do with our monies. We're a part of a church family. We're setting aside some of our money for the lights, for, um, people set aside to do the work. Uh, but we also have a lot of events coming up, a lot of things that could vie for our time and money. Let's just wait on the Lord. Let's just ask him for just one, just one thing. Would you just speak to me, Lord, one thing for what I should do with my time this week, what I should do with my money. Lord, would you, we, we're looking to you. You're the one we're following. What do you want to say to us about our monies this week? What do you want to say to us about our time?
All right, are your hearts ready to hear some of the options? <laughs> More fellowship options, college age. If you are college age, we wanna get you connected with people older. It's a normal part of the family of God, older people training the younger people. And so if you are looking for a mentor, if you've been a part of this college age group or you haven't, come to this um, game night to get introduced and um, link arms with some of the older people among us, some of the spiritual mothers and fathers that are with us. And that is Sunday, October 15th in this glass room or this room with the windows over there. You're welcome to come. Is Drew here? Do, do they have to sign up or should they just come? Just come. Come as you are. Sunday night, October 15th. Drew, stand up. If anyone needs more clarification. Nice haircut. We love Drew. Say hi to Drew if this is applying to you in any way. Um, then we have the 50 plus... Uh, on October 14th, Saturday, festive, fall festive time together to get bolstered up in your role in the church family and just encouraged and being together. So um, if you're over 50, there's a time on Saturday for more fellowship. And then you, some of you may have remembered, and a lot of you signed up a year ago, we purchased a license from Dave Ramsey for any one of you to have all the Dave Ramsey tools. Yeah, Felicity saying yes. Um, how many of you did that? Cool. Um, so with that, you get access to all these videos about how to disciple your kids in money, how to handle your money, how to retire, how to invest, all these videos. But also you get a year free of every dollar app to help you budget and create a budget. Anyway, we renewed that license again. So everyone... Um, can have access to that. Once you register, you have a year use. And that'll go until August of next year. That's as long as we have it. Um, but feel free to give that to any friends, family, any person that you know that could utilize, um, that, that uses money for everyday things. <laughs> Anyone you know that's using money, feel free to hand them this link. They're welcome to use our license. Um, but the reason this is a church matter is because it was a matter to Jesus, right? He said, you can either serve me or you can serve your money. And he talked many teachings about money. He talked many teachings about money. He taught us many things about money and gave us many teachings. And we don't have to be a slave to our bank accounts. What does it say now? $7.17. Am I good? We don't have to be a slave to the debts we owe. We can gain freedom. And pretty much everyone I know who's done this plan, it's not perfect. It's another guy trying to follow the Lord. But everyone I know who's done this plan doesn't have any debt. Every single person, I think, that's gone, gone they may still have their mortgage, but they don't have any other debt. Um, and the Lord says, or it says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continual debt to love each other. He wants to free us. And so these are some tools that can help. Feel free to access this at any time. This is on the events tab. 
if you have tried, endeavored to do this and haven't been able to, or you watch the video, you need, a jolt, you need the people of God. And so starting next Sunday, there's going to be a Financial Peace University class in person for the next six weeks, and you are welcome to sign up for that. This is, instead of you on your own in front of your screen trying to, trying to create a budget and stick to it, this is you journeying with people in this room who are in the same spot as you, seeking to manage their money with the Lord's help, the power of the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? So sign up for that. That starts next Sunday with our beloved Scott Long. Is that good? Okay, all that and more on the events tab. Let's, let's pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Let's submit our hearts to him and his lordship. Ask him for the things we need. Forgive. Are you ready to pray together? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we'll keep uh, worshiping together by reading some scripture. Listen to this. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Why do you quote this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes, but their children's mouths pucker at the taste. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, you will not quote this proverb anymore in Israel. For all people are mine to judge, both parents and children alike. And this is my rule. The person who sins is the one who will die. Yet you say, the Lord isn't doing what's right. Listen to me, O people of Israel. Am I the one not doing what's right, or is it you? When righteous people turn from their righteous behavior and start doing sinful things, they will die for it. Yes, they will die because of their sinful deeds. And if wicked people turn from their wickedness, obey the law, and do what is just and right, they will save their lives. They will live because they thought it was over, and they decided to turn from their sins. Such people will not die. And yet, the people of Israel keep saying, the Lord isn't doing what's right. Oh, people of Israel, it's you who aren't doing what's right, not I. Therefore, I will judge each of you, O people of Israel, according to your actions, says the sovereign Lord. Repent and turn from your sins. Don't let them destroy you. Put all your rebellion behind you and find yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O people of Israel? I don't want you to die, says the sovereign Lord. Turn back and live. From the Psalms 25, O Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. But disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. 
For you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love. For you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. This is the word of the Lord. Let's continue to sing musical worship. Would you stand with us as we sing these songs that have been sung for hundreds of years? in the church. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my
it's going to be different for every one of us out loud together. So you ready? Awesome. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. We're going to invite the Cunningham family up now to dedicate their boys. Elders, if you'd come forward. find at Believer's Church and come the whole crew. We, we don't consider baby dedication just a, you know, just, I don't know, what you do when the kids get older. Get, go, come all the way. And, and come a little forward so the elders can get behind you. We're going to put hands on you guys. Welcome. Got the whole crew. Oh, somewhere in the... Oh. Okay, I'll talk slow. Okay, um, so the way we look at this moment is from, it's a moment where mom and dad, <clears throat> excuse me, are saying, we're going to do our best to present Jesus to these guys and, and know that at some point they're going to have to make a decision about following Jesus. But your family of origin, as all of us can <clears throat> attest to, is really critical at discipling us into this, right? But here's the deal. The reason we do it here, we don't do it in private, is because it takes the community of faith together with them to raise them to know Jesus. That makes sense? So we're doing an interchange to, together today with mom and dad saying, hey, here's, here's our kids. We want to raise them to know Jesus. Will you help us? Make sense? So I'm just going to ask you guys, you guys first. You guys planning on raising these kids to follow Jesus? Okay, so congregation, will you help them? Okay, you need to know their names. And I got to tell you, these might be the strongest names I've ever seen in a baby dedication. We've got Arthur. Which guy's Arthur here? Arthur Nolan Cunningham. Arthur means strong as a bear, and Nolan means champion. Come on, buddy. And Walter Alfred Cunningham, Walter means powerful ruler, and Alfred means wise counsel. Back off, people. This, these guys are coming onto the earth. Come on. We are so excited for you. And the, the verse that mom and dad have chosen for both the boys to be a verse that characterizes their life. They'll be praying over them. It's Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So elders, would you come around? We're going to pray for both Arthur and Walter and take your time. We're going to anoint them with oil if you'd like and uh, just take a minute. Jesus, we just pray for Walter and for Arthur. We come to you with both of them and we say, we call forth their destinies. We call forth what you knew in them in their mother's womb. That you knew them as they really are. That you knew them before they were born. And Father, we just call forth what you know in them and we ask for strength for the parents 
and strength for the community. Lord, we just call forward strength um, and peace and that they would lean not on their own understanding, Father, but trust in the Lord with all their hearts, all of their strong, strong hearts, that they would trust in the Lord. And I do pray for strong hearts, Father, strong hearts that rest in the Father. Father, that even in their weakness, you would be made strong in them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Father, we thank you for this family. We thank you for the legacy that rests upon this family, the godly heritage. And we thank you, Jesus, that these young men will grow up in that legacy and that heritage. And in wisdom and in stature and in grace... And that, God, your hand will rest upon them and that they will hear your voice at an early age and know you and walk with you all the days of their life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Boys, you did well. We appreciate you. Bless you. We're going to do another public reading of Scripture. This is Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through 32. When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer one question, Jesus replied. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven? Or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask us why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believed John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. (laughs) And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went away. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. But what do you think about this? This is the word of the Lord. (laughs) That was awesome. Apparently I duplicated those slides yesterday. (laughs) Thank you. I love that I just heard someone do that finger snap after Jesus' words. Ah, Jesus. Homily. That's just another way of saying short sermon. Um, 
My wife is at home today because, or at her dad's, he got knee replacement surgery, so she's caring for him. And I said, yeah, I think it's a pretty short, short sermon day. She said, I'm missing the short sermon Sunday. <laughs> this is not right. <laughs> but I, wa- I wanted to look at that parable of the two sons. So just remembering, just outlining, Jesus, remember, he's talking to religious leaders. That's where it started. They're asking him about the baptism of John. And, and so this is his audience. And then he gives this parable to sons that there's a father who says to his two sons, I want you to go out and, and, and do. <laughs> I just remember a time, my brother Andy, how many of you guys know Andy? Is he in the room? I remember the time as a 15-year-old, my, my uh, dad said, Andy, it's time to mow the lawn. He said, no. And me, my, my other brothers were like, ah! what is the, the fire of God is going to fall? Let me just say it ended up he mowed the lawn. Yeah. It wasn't quite this parable. Um, there are other things involved, but... <laughs> It was more the fear of the Lord, you know, so. Parable of the two sons. First son says, no, I'm not going to go out in the vineyard and do it. But then he changed his mind and he obeyed. But then the second son says, yeah, I'll do it. I'm in. And he never did it. And so here's the question. uh, Which son represents the religious leaders in this thing? Say it loudly, please. Yeah, the second son. He's the second son that says yes, but didn't do it. And which son represents the corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes? Yeah. Now, here's the tough question. Who gets into the kingdom first? The first son. In other words, the corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes ahead of. And Jesus was in the temple talking to the elders and the chief leaders. Ed's loving it. He's just laughing. He says, I'll... yeah, that's, that's awesome. But here's the big question is why do they get into the kingdom first? And I'll just say it this way. It's just this wonderful phrase. They changed their minds. They changed their minds. And then out of that, they obeyed. They weren't looking so good on the front end. But they changed their minds. And they they obeyed. And Jesus said it this way. He said, the son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. And then Jesus says, John the Baptist came to your religious leaders, showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him. While tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. We see this two, two-step movement. Changed their minds and went anyway. And the opposite. Wouldn't believe. Wouldn't change their minds and repent of your sins. So what Jesus is really, I think, talking to us about is what is p- repentance? What does it mean to repent? Repent of your sins. It's got two acts to it. It's this idea of changing your mind. But then acting. Does that make sense? 
changing your mind and acting. And the best, best metaphor I can see is this idea of you're walking one way, you turn, and then you follow the way Jesus is going. So you need a mental picture. Repentance is ooh, going that way. So it's not just something that happens here. It's also something that happens here. Make sense? Turn and follow. Okay? So this, guys, is the center, if you will, of our faith. When we think about, we talk about what is the gospel. The gospel is really the story of history as, as the Bible, going all the way to Jesus and his return, tells us. Is this, that God created us. In his image. We've talked about this in this worship series. That we're meant to embody the beauty and glory of God here on this earth. And reflect it back to him. But all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That very image that we're meant to show. That that image that is eternally loving. Just. Noble strong, wise, all these things through our sin, through our not following God. We've harmed the image of God in ourselves. But the good news is that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is absolutely the the bottom line of what you need to understand about what you are and who you are. You and your failure, brokenness, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes. Let's, let's not um, sentimentalize what a tax collector and a prostitute was. Prostitutes were prostitutes. Tax collectors were government. They turned on the government and they were extorting money from their own people. I mean, these were just not, they're really rejectable, despicable people. And those, like you and me, are the ones Jesus gave his life away for. This is the gospel. But we know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So death, ultimately, the the destruction of the human age, the, the, the separation from God eternally. But here's what we do in the gospel. We turn. And familiar verse, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is who the Bible says he is, who he says he is. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart you believe and are justified. Everything's okay now between you and God. Your guilt is off. You're forgiven. And it's with your mouth you profess your faith and are saved. So see this moment of turn? But here's the challenge. Sometimes when we think about the gospel, in particular about in the evangelical space, we mean well, but we leave off right here. (laughs) Because there's also the follow part. (laughs) We want to get the conversion. We want to get the yes, right? But, But Jesus is being pretty clear in his parable, isn't he? I appreciate your yes on the front end, but if you don't obey, well, then you didn't obey. (laughs) You didn't live out the image that Jesus wants to restore in us. And so 
Paul says this after he said these things. He says, don't know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus, those who have signified publicly that this is what I'm, I'm doing, I'm following Jesus, I'm turning and following. We were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. And this is a scorching, amazing verse. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That we are actually dead to sin. I mean, the word dead, what does that mean? It means dead. You know, maybe you stepped on a bug and there that bug is dead. I'm that to sin. But here's the super, super, super good news, especially for my fellow perfectionists in the room. If you live according to the flesh, if you live according to your own ability to live this life, if you live looking at yourself, if you live in such a way that you're counting on your ability to say no to sin and yes to God, you will die. Anybody experience that? Experience the death of trying to say no to sin on your own. But if by the Spirit, the same Spirit in Genesis 1-2 that brooded over creation and brought whatever matter was there, formed it into the complexity that's all of earth, that Spirit is in us to enable us to put to death the misdeeds of the body you'll live. So this new life, we're in, this following life that we're entering into is empowered by God himself to be able to say, I'm dead to sin and alive to God. How do I do that? Here's how it works practically for me. Jesus, help! Jesus, help! I desperately need help. I'm going to call my friends right now because I want to sin so bad. (laughs) Hopefully you're talking about you too, Ryan, not just me, because I kind of felt like we're together on this, right? You and me both. Because maybe you know something I didn't know about me. But yeah. It's true, man. I, I had a dream a couple nights ago, and I felt like it was even just as a reminder to me, Gal, you're a mess without me. And just the love, right? Because he loves me so much. He's like, keep on asking me for help, man. Independence isn't the goal here. It's interdependence on the Spirit and His community, the Spirit and others. Man, I, I could go on and on about this, but all my CR friends, can we say, we can't this do this by ourselves, Right? We are not meant to live out the life Jesus has given us all by ourselves. If you're doing poorly at it, then you're normal, man. You need other people. CR meets on Tuesday nights. It's not just for addictions. It's for every human that's in this room. Okay. Um, and here's what the future looks like. This is cool. This is the life. This is the gospel. We know that in all things, in all things, That's a crazy word. That's a crazy phrase. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And what's that good look like? Those God, 
Those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That Jesus, he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God's plan for you is that anything and everything that is going on in your world will serve you for your good to make you look like Jesus. It'll make you look like, through the Holy Spirit, what he always intended you to be. Even hard things, bad things that he didn't necessarily intend, he's go great. We've got more things to give you to make you look like Jesus. Those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Remember in Romans 3.23, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Through Jesus, we're not. He's glorifying us. That's now and then. When Jesus returns, we don't know even what we will look like. But John says, but we know we'll look like him. That's the gospel. That's the narrative. That's the story we are in. I'm going to go ahead and say it is the story of all humanity, whether you want to believe it or not. So the question is this. What is repentance? It's a lifestyle of turning and following. Does that make sense? It's a lifestyle. Yes, it's one moment. But if you're following, that person keeps on moving, right? Have you ever noticed you're heading away and you're like, man, I don't see Jesus out ahead of me. I got to turn and follow I do it all day long. I love to turn and follow. You know, you know why? I don't like walking off cliffs. I've got ways of living that I think are right, and they end in destruction. i got to tell you this great story. So we were at 24-7 prayer last week for four days, uh, national gathering. I think we had about 1,000 people there or something like that. It was, it was just packed. And I got to... Um, they asked me in th- all three services to stand up front and do this or that, which was kind of cool. You know, I was kind of like, okay, I finally arrived at 51. <laughs> and, and the best part about it was I had a kind of the most official pieces of the, la- one of the last services on the last day. And, you know, I was kind of struggling internally, like, you know, this is cool, but everyone here is kind of famous and now they're asking me on the stage. I don't know why. So I was standing there doing my thing. And as I got off the stage, I looked at my phone, and it was from Luke Kennedy. He said, bro, your fly is open. I said, that, that's pretty on brand for me. I, I, and then not only that, then Israel comes up to me. He's like, hey, bro, I'm pretty sure your fly is open. Come over this way. <laughs> All things together for my good. Jesus could smell that ego. It's <laughs> my chance. Like, just block that from his memory, Gabriel, on this one here. And like, oh, man. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. It's my lifestyle of turning and following. I just want to be little old me with my fly open. Is my fly open? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> XYZ. That's why you've been saying XYZ this whole time. Yeah. Um, a lifestyle of turning and following. 
Often people put on top of this, this repentance thing, this thing of shame, and that's nonsense. Repentance is the only way out of shame. Does that make sense? So he's like, oh, I'm going to repent. Let's make myself feel bad. No, it's just, Jesus, what's the reality about myself? I want to be healed. If I'm sinning, if I'm heading the wrong direction, I want to quickly admit it and go a different direction and be healed. And Jesus is so eager. He's so eager. He's got these stories about there's one sheep that's lost and there's 99, so he'll go after the one. He, I mean, think about it. It's a 1% loss. What's the big deal? He said he'll, he'll risk them all for the one that needs to repent, needs to turn back. So, so, so what we're trying to do is we talk about a lot is redeem this joy word called repentance. It's the joy into healing, into being realigned. And another way to say it is it's a lifestyle of changing our minds to align with the gospel and acting on it through the power of the Spirit. Does that make sense? I'm going to change my mind. You, you might say, I am destined to fail. Well, sure, we're all going, going to hell without Jesus, but through Jesus, I'm not destined to fail. Hope is my normal life expectancy. Why? Because Jesus was raised from the dead. He's going to return. I'll be raised from the dead too. Worst thing that happened to me today is I just die, and I'll come back from the dead. I mean, hope is my normal. So a, a repentance is to leave despair and go into hope. That's one repentance of many. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm having trouble believing anything you say is true. Will you help me? Absolutely. I'd love to help you. Jesus, I believe that running my own life is the best way to do things right now. I'm sorry. You forgive me and help me. Yes. Yes, son. I so want to help you. You follow me? So I, I ask the Lord. I want to know things to repent about because I just don't want to you know, fall off a cliff or stick a fork in my eye. Sin's always suicidal. That's just the nature of sin. It seems so tempting on the front end, and the enemy who's against us wants to tell us things that aren't true, like this is going to be so awesome. He wants to kill us. He's just angry. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and sin's the road. But Jesus conquered sin and death it's like not a big deal he is not put off by our sin he's moved to pity can i rescue you i want to forgive you you can you can turn away for the rest of your life if you want but he so wants to help us so we're going to take communion and the communion embodies the gospel Jesus gave us this moment to be able to say this is a way in a three-dimensional physical way you can remind yourself and even participate in what I've done for you through my death and resurrection. So we're going to do communion a little bit differently is I want you to ask yourself right now, how do I need the gospel today? How do I need to turn, to change my mind, to turn and follow Jesus according to the narrative we just, we just talked about. Again, if you're feeling any shame, the gospel's the way out of shame.
And now here I'm going to I'm going to invite you to do something risky and wonderful. You don't have to do you don't have to do anything we say in here, but I'm going to invite you to these questions. Turn and share with each other and pray for each other right now. now if you don't feel comfortable doing that, then don't worry. But some of you know some folks around you. You might even not know the person next to you. But you might be in a spot. You know you need help. You came in today knowing I need help. I'm I'm feeling like I'm just not going to make it through this next week. You came to the right place. Because there's people filled with the Spirit throughout this room who also desperately need the power of the Holy Spirit to live the gospel out. Okay? So you know what we could do? Why don't we go ahead and stand so we can move around a little bit? You don't have to, again, if you just want to sit and talk to people, you can. But then look around if there's somebody you want to talk to, and let's share how I need the gospel today and pray for each other to be able to get that.
Okay, we're going to wrap up in just two minutes. Two minutes and we'll wrap up. Okay, friends, if you would take the elements that you should have had seated uh, at your seat, excuse me, those we call those Porta Communion. I'll read to you what Paul said to the church in Corinth that's something that was passed down to him and I'm passing to you. You've heard it, but it's so important that we recognize what we're doing. He says, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. It's that whole new life that we read about. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance, remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So let's go ahead and take that wafer on the top that it represents the body of our Lord, if you haven't already gotten that out yet. And so, Lord Jesus, we say with incredible gratitude, and even for those of us who can't even muster up to even understand it all, we're going to go ahead and not need to understand it. And just say, we receive your broken body for our healing right now. Why don't you take that bread together? And then let's prepare those cups if you haven't already. And we say, Jesus, I don't understand how you could hang in there during the pain. How you could hang in there during just the, just the deformity, deforming actions on your body. But I know that you said that it was by your stripes we are healed. That it's your blood 
that speaks of a new covenant and that washes us of our sins. And so, Lord Jesus, will you wash us so that in all of our psyche and memory, we can actually believe what is true, that we are completely set right with you. We are clean. We are forgiven. You're not upset about anything. Jesus has handled it. So we, let's go ahead and take that cup, the blood of Christ. And we're going to sing a couple of songs. Let's stand together now and sing.
pronounce over us we're clean we're accepted we're loved there's no guilt shame or fear to worry about how God feels about us about what what's going on in our lives whether things are going to work out or not through the blood of Jesus we're rescued we're put on track he's writing our future he's got it all figured out already all we got to do is follow follow for off track turn and follow so in light of that guys other people don't know this power yet. So we're going to pray for those far from God. We're going to, we're going to just go ahead and let the Lord bring to our minds any of those folks that are in our sphere of influence, that are far from Jesus. Maybe they just served you at a restaurant recently. Let's bring those people to mind. We're so grateful, Jesus for the rescue you've effected in us. And our lives are not on the path to destruction, but of life, life, and more life. And we want that for our friends. So let's pray this for them. Lord, I pray for the people in my life who are far from you. Deliver them from the evil one. Bring them into your family and help them to grow as your disciples. I am so proud of you guys. This has been so much fun. We did it so differently. If you're like, you hated this, we'll be back to normal next week. But nonetheless, I could sense the Lord. Wasn't there something about singing those old songs? I noticed for me, it's like, you know how you know would mark how tall you are on a doorpost? Great is thy faithfulness is so important. I remembered in my sophomore year of college, I was dealing with massive anxiety. One of the ways I made it through was to sing, Great is thy faithfulness. And I see the Lord 30 years later. Oh, what you've done. Great is your faithfulness. Well, that's why we need these liturgies. So we're going to end with another classic here as our song of benediction. And we'll, we'll be dismissed when we finish.
as we go into this work to love and serve you and those around us. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you go into this week. Be blessed and let's love on each other as we leave. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to keep singing. <laughs>